Bags down, spikes on, welcome to the track. Hi, my name is Colin Waitsman, and I'm going to be your host for this episode of Track World News, presented by Streamline Athletes. Now, Streamline Athletes is a free cross-country and track and field-specific recruitment platform. They help with athletes so you can discover college opportunities and help guide you from high school all the way through college athletics. I know this is something that I definitely would have loved to have because searching for my college was super tough and going through that process was definitely a headache. This can help you get started in just three easy steps. Create your profile, explore 1,700 schools, and then contact a coach directly. There's nothing to lose but the stress of recruitment with Streamline Athletes. All right, so now we have day three of our 10 Minutes in Tokyo series. We are blessed to have Matthew Parker of MJP TV joining us. Uh, Matthew, how you doing? We've had a long day of track and field, early morning running, uh, late night, uh, late night activities as well. Um, Want to get your thoughts on on everything track and field? Uh, first major event we we got to talk about the women's one hundred, which kind of took the show for our early morning events. Um, Want to, want to get your, your thoughts on that and, and everything with, uh, you know, the, the Jamaican sweep, which, which hurts as an American, but uh, was definitely a good, good showing for sure. Well, first off, I just want to say thank you, Colin, for having me on Track World News. It is an honor. Every time I collab with you, man, it's a great time. But let's get into these 100 meters. So for one, as a Jamaican sweep, as we said, here in America, we're crying tears of sorrow because there are no Americans on the podium. But it is a great accomplishment for Jamaica. I think they did. The same thing was it in 08 or 04. I think they swept the yeah. 100 meters. I think it was 08. They've done, it. They've done this multiple times. I, I want to see USA do that. But Lane Thompson, hurrah, 1061, number two all time. Flat out, one of the greatest sprinters of all time. She has the levers. She has the turnover. If you built an ideal sprinter, you build something like Elaine Thompson, hurrah. And so for her to put all the pieces together, and really overcome her main rival, Shelly Ann Fraser-Price, who had the former number two time at, I think she ran 10.63, and to best her and get that number two time again, I mean, that just speaks volumes of the kind of athlete she is. But I'd be lying to you if I said I wasn't disappointed because we didn't get to see the race I wanted to see, right? There's no Shakira Richardson. Dean Asher Smith didn't make the final. She had a torn hamstring, and then Blessing Okabari did test positive here in Tokyo. So... It wasn't the final I was hoping for. We still had a great race, but I think 10-5 could come out of this race with all those athletes at 100% in that race. But we still got a great result, but I think there was still some more left on the table. It's wild to think that we get an Olympic record and, you know, three times that if you were to tell us, you know, in the beginning of the year, you know, you have three, three women that are under well, almost under 1075. It was what, 1061, wow. 1074 and 1076. Like, if you tell me that in the beginning of the year, I'd be like, oh, that's going to be, you know, that'll probably be the best race of the year. It's like, yeah, there still was so much meat left on the bone with what this could have been. And so it just shows you how talented these female sprinters are nowadays, um, you know, with the women's sprinters where the show is at now, honestly, there are so many scars. And then, like you said, to have those kind of times in the final and it not be what we actually were waiting for just speaks volumes to the kind of athletes we have now. Exactly, exactly. And so now this kind of brings up the question for me uh, before we kind of change into some of the other events. 
Will, where does this put Elaine Thompson hurrah now in regards of, you know, some of the greatest women sprinters? Has she, do you think she's taken the spot of being better than Shelly Ann Fraser Price yet? Because she has the better PR, back-to-back Olympian. Obviously, Shelly Ann Fraser Price has more Olympic or has more, you know, world champion medals, but, you know, she's, she's getting there and she still has a lot of more world championship caliber races left in the tank that, that she could go for. I will say, let's wait and see, because I think she has definitely put herself in contention for top five, if not top three all time. I would still have Shelly Ann Fraser-Price as my number one, even over Flojo, just because of her consistency, right? Flojo might have the highest peaks, but she doesn't have the legacy as much as Shelly Ann Fraser-Price does. I would not disrespect the queen. Elaine Thompson has won two Olympic medals back-to-back. And I think she she was top three in the 100 at the World Championship. So I think she might have gotten second. Second, but she got a silver. She is not there yet. Like you said, she has time. But to disrespect everything Shelly Ann has been doing since, I think, around 2004. And we're still talking about her in 2021. And she ran her best time this year, not even in her supposed prime. So to even – I won't say it's blasphemous, but <laughs> we, just, we just have to – Pull it back, pull back the reins just a little bit, but she has inserted herself into the conversation for sure. Yeah, I, I think she's on she's on the way of being there. Um, I this I think something that's gonna be big is how does she do in the 200 now? Um, you know, coming up soon. I mean, uh they're 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 gonna be competing in it the next few days. I mean, if she brings a gold in the in the women in the 200, uh that's another, you know, that's you another see a world record in the 200, though. You have Gabby Thomas and Elaine Thompson. And you see if Dina Ash, you see it's another event where if Dina Asher Smith was there, we'd have that three-headed monster heading into that race, just going head to head. But it should still be a great final end. If she can do it over 200, that's that's even more because Shelly Ann's done it over 200, Flo Joe's done over 200. Now it's her turn. Exactly, exactly. And so uh, now I want to briefly switch it over to the the men's side. Um, for the most part, no real big surprises I would say for for people that qualified or didn't qualify the biggest surprise I guess you could say was the performance that Trayvon Brumell had so he still did qualify but he didn't do it in Trayvon Brumell style where he gets out fast wins and it's a it's an easy qualification he got there with the the little cue he ran a a 10.05 and he came in fourth in his heat and he was in the first heat. So he was sitting, standing on the edge of his, you know, he was probably so nervous for the next hour watching the races. Uh, does this change anything for you going into the semis and then the finals with what you think Trayvon Brumell is going to be uh, doing? Uh, now, by the time this comes out, the semis would have already competed. So we're, we're, we're recording this before the semis comes out, uh, just so everyone that's listening uh, knows. We're, we're, yes, we have do not blame us for any bad takes, okay? Yeah. <laughs> But for me, I would definitely say Trayvon, there's nothing to worry about. 10.05 for him, you know, one thing as a sprinter that you're taught is that you have to go through the rounds, right? And he might not have, he didn't put his race models together correctly because, of course, he should have gotten a better start. But having that said, to still run 10.05 in the prelim, he definitely has more to give. He's not burnt out by any stretch of the imagination. We can talk about burnout more when it comes to Randolph Ross. But I know with his training, with the way he runs the 100 meters, how he puts all of his phases together and smooths it out, I, I have nothing to worry about about with Trayvon Bumbell. Now, it might pull down, depending on how he runs the semi, just based on the prelim, it might pull down what he could do in the final, our expectations. But that might actually be a good thing. 
let him sneak up on us. He might, you know, sneak a nine six in there, sneak a very low nine seven. So uh, I have no worries about Trayvon Brumell. Yeah, I, I think that this will be more of like a learning, uh, learning thing from him where he's like, oh, yeah, I can't just mail it in. I have to. This is still the Olympics. These are still professional sprinters. I, I have to I still have to be putting in a, a good effort. Um, and he even mentioned it in his post-race interview. He's like, my coach is going to be really mad at the fact that I got out real slow and didn't really run, which I'm sure his coach probably is talking about. And I'm sure we'll probably see some, some good effort coming in with the semis as well as the finals uh, coming up for sure. Oh, yeah, Rain, Rain and Ryder is going to be on that tail. So mm-hmm. expect Trayvon Rommel to be Trayvon Rommel moving forward. Exactly, exactly. And then uh, briefly want to talk about the, the mixed 4 by 4 So this was the first time we saw the mixed 4 by 4 in the Olympics. Of course, uh, Poland won, followed by the Dominican Republic, and then USA winning third. Kind of a, a big surprise uh, for the most part. Team USA was the favorite. Seems like USA is always the favorite when you got a 400 meter races because just of how how much depth we have in the 400. Um, what was your your thoughts uh, with seeing this result? Um, for like, was it surprising? Not surprising? Um, you know, does it mean anything really since it's a mixed event? And it's the first time. Like, what were your, what were your thoughts on on seeing us coming in third there? Um, I think it does mean something. I think it means the USA isn't as dominant as we used to be because the rest of the world is catching up as you saw Poland won and we might it might not have been our best sprinters but when you think USA you think man they left that person at home that person didn't make the team right and those people that we put on that relay got third so to just think the USA if you just have USA across your chest means you're going to get a gold medal I think these Olympics are proving that's not true anymore and I think you've seen other things in other sports, such as basketball, where a team like France can come in and sucker punch the USA right in the face. And so I think America is coming to grips where the rest of the world is coming up. America might still be here, but we need to keep progressing to keep the same dominance we had. But I don't think that's going to be possible with just the knowledge that's being shared across the world and so many great sprinters being built up all around the world. Yeah, it's it shows that we can't just, you know, we can't just mail it in like you still have like there's still great sprinters everywhere in the, you know, everywhere in the world. Poland showed that they they put together a good team. Uh, Dominican mm-hmm. Republic obviously put together a big team. So it's the second um, time Poland has upset us, they upset us indoors when they went. I think it was three flat in the men's four by four indoors. And I think it was Birmingham in the UK. I think that was 2018 indoors. Uh, I think it was the world championships. But yeah. Poland, man, hats off to Poland. You know, they're they're doing great things out there. I don't know who the coach of Poland is, but I know they have someone, some mastermind tinkering behind the scenes who knows how to develop these athletes. And so that's a great sign for global sprinting that is not just going to be carried by the U.S. Great Britain, Andrew Nathan. If you were to add a different, like a different relay, like how it's a mixed re- mixed relay, something different, what would you uh, what would you want to have added into the Olympics as a, a relay that isn't the four by four or the four by one? Um, if I had to add one relay, the four by two is very tempting. I like the shuttle hurdle. Um, hmm, that, that is very, I would, you know what I would want to see? This is going to be pretty outlandish, but the four by 1600 and have wow. all the great distance runners. And this is me, this is me a sprinter saying this. <laughs> have all the great distance runners that all these different countries have, just like the rivalries between Kenya and Ethiopia. You can throw America in there and really 
give some shine to the longer distance events and make it a little bit more palatable because I know for some people they're just like, okay, I don't want to watch a 10,000 meters, but you can bring it down and say, hey, we've got this relay. You can connect with these guys. You can build up the rivalries between the nations a little bit more. And it's a team game as well. Kind of like long distance is already, but kind of put in front of the baton. And it'll give the guys something extra to do and extra to look forward to. Mm -hmm. But if outside of the four by 1600, I would definitely say four by two. Yeah. I, I personally go with the, uh, the DMR. That's always my favorite event. Love, love it indoors. It's just so, so wild uh, with, and and can be, can be really cool, really fun to watch. So that, that'd probably be the one that I would, uh, I'd have added into, or the SMR, I, either one of the ones having different, different events there. Uh, and then, so want to get into Randolph Ross. So we just finished up with the prelims for the 400 big surprise was the world leader Randolph Ross, uh, didn't make it out of the, the prelims. He ran a time of 45, 67, uh, was outside of qualifications. I believe he was fourth in his heat. Um, pretty surprising performance. Um, what were kind of your, you know, your takeaways for, for this race? And, and does this show that, you know, that the college season might've caught up to him a little bit with, you know, racing pretty much every week since what, December, January. And I would say I'm not surprised for, and this is one thing where it goes to, since I've been learning as a coach, there's only to try and triple peak during a season is extremely difficult because he's going to peak for indoor nationals. He's going to peak for outdoor nationals. Then you turn around a week later and you have to sustain for the Olympic trials. Thankfully, he still made the team, but then you have around a month and you have to peak again for the Olympics. There is only so much taxing an energy system can take. And so we saw that on full display with Randolph Ross, where we know the caliber of runner he is, but his body, you, you can't, there's only so much the human body can do. There are only so many races you can run. And so running from December all the way up until July, getting into August, he, he just didn't have the energy system built up and it's extremely difficult to pull off that triple peak. So for me, it really wasn't surprising. It's very rare. You see a collegiate who can transition unless they've trained like a professional where you can get on a different training cycle. So that way you're in the right position and have the right energy to compete at the Olympics. Exactly. And I think a, a great example of, of a collegiate athlete doing something that's kind of more like a, prof- like a professional thing would be, would be with a thing Mo where she was racing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was racing this entire time, but she was doing four hundreds a lot or the yep. 1500 even a few times. So her, she was training for different events, which kind of allowed her to peak at the right times. She's also just head and shoulders better than everyone in the college system. <laughs> she is just dominant. So that's also a little different where, you know, she doesn't have to be running quite, she doesn't have to dip into that well probably as much as Randolph Ross does in a much more competitive event when you're racing against, you know, like a Noah Williams or, or, you know, your own teammate with uh, what Trevor Stewart and all that. So um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's just, it was gonna, you know, come back and, and kind of bite him at some point, whether it was right here in the set, right here in the prelims or, or maybe in the semis. Um, and so, yeah, I, it's, it's not, it wasn't too surprising because that collegiate season is a very, very long season. Yeah. And one thing is your college, they only care about what you do at NCAAs. What you do beyond that is gravy to them because what they did pay for is to train you for NCAAs. So to find a program where even his dad who coaches him to find a program where 
They're going to train you to essentially not do your best at their championship, but for your own gain, it's going to be very rare because the school does have to look out for their own self-interest. And I think one, he's, I think he's only a sophomore too. So he's only around what, 2021. So to expect him to do what Jeremy Warner did back in 2004, I think he did that as a senior, I think was a little bit premature of us, but expect great things from him in the future though. I expect to see him make world teams. Again, I expect him to be in Paris in 2024, but this will be a great learning experience for him. Does this change anything for who you, you have sending to the four by four? Now, obviously it's not just like one race and you're done. There's gonna, I think there's what, there's two rounds. There's the qualifier mm-hmm. and the finals. Um, obviously he's not going to be competing in the semis now. So he's going to have some time to relax. Does this change who you're going to send? The fact that he didn't, didn't do well. Um, like what, what's going to, what's team USA going to look like for that four by four now, do you think? Um, I think it will change because if you're a relays coach and you see a performance like that, his, he's not going to magically be a different runner four days, three days from now. So of course, Michael Norman's going to be on, on there in the final. Uh, Michael Sherry would definitely be on there. I would say you can put Grant Holloway on there for sure. He is split 43, nine at the NCAA championships in 2019. And he's a professional now. We all know Mouse, the great coach, Mike Holloway, he can split 43 at the Olympics. You can book it. So if anyone's going to get on there that you don't expect, it would be Grant Holloway. And, of course, Rye Benjamin, those are my four guys. So you got Grant Holloway, Rye Benjamin, Michael Cherry, and Michael Norman making it going on. Yes, sir. Those, those are my four. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that the Grant Holloway one – I, I feel like that that's a smart pick. I don't like I don't know if they're going to make that, you know, make that choice. There, there's a lot of politics that go behind relays as a coach. Man, this is one thing that AAU has taught me. You don't always put your four fastest out there. You put the <laughs> you put the fastest team that makes the most sense. If you get mm-hmm. what I mean, I know what you mean. there there are there are agendas that go on behind the scenes. Someone has supported someone else. They've donated this, donated that. This agent has a connection there. So even if you might have run the time, if someone's very close to you and they have the connection, they're going to get the bid. But if we were just going on pure pace and a little bit of bias for me for Grant Holloway, those would be my four. Awesome. And then uh, last event that I want to kind of cover today, uh, you, you brought it up before we got started here, women's long jump. Uh, you're talking about Tara Davis on her very first Olympic games jump, making the, the final on her very first Olympic jump. Uh, and then Brittany uh, making it on her second jump, kind of thoughts of the, you know, going into uh, this qualifier and, and what we can see from them in the, the final uh, in the next, uh, next few days. Man, Brittany Reese, the beast showed up today. She didn't do it like Tara on her first jump, but she showed up automatically qualified with her second jump. And I think the U S has two medal contenders in the jumps and the jumps is another event if you are a fan of track and field i will say it again you need to watch the long jump because this is one of the great events we have in the sport you can see athletes you know you can put it in perspective the distance they're traveling 22 feet march down your room and count your steps and see how long it takes you to get to 22 feet that's what these athletes can do and so we have two medal contenders on the usa team right now if i had to pick one right now who i think has the best chance for gold I think I would go with Brittany Reese just because she's done this for so long and, you know, she has the pedigree, 
But Tara, I would not be surprised if Tara jumps something insane. She's been breaking records all year. And I think she's primed to do something very special here in Tokyo. Yeah, I I like I like Brittany Reese there. I mean, she she talks about how she's like the the most overlooked athlete like that there is. Like I'm I know for I'm not sure how it is with I don't know if sports betting is a thing in what in, in Texas, right? So I don't I don't know if you can see the the betting numbers, but like they had Brittany Reese is like you know, like the third, like the third or fourth person as, you know, like, like plus like 400. Like, like, that's crazy. Like those, those odds are like, she's, and she should be, you know, seen much better. She has got a, you know, she's got a, a great, a great jumping history as in the, these majors, as well as, you know, this year as well. Uh, one athlete that I, I think has a chance of doing something really special. Uh, I have to go with uh, Tyra Gittens of uh, Trinidad oh, yes. and Tobago because she normally is doing, six seven because she's normally doing what the heptathlon high jump and six, long seven jump. events yes and instead she's not doing all those events now she's only doing long jump and so i think that she's only doing that is going to give her a shot to win i mean she came second to to uh tara davis in ncaa's by one centimeter so she's right there and that's with her doing seven events total though over the two, over three days so i think she's got a okay. shot at, at getting a, a and a medal there uh for sure so i want i want to hear distance what what distance are you thinking for the finals what do you think it's going to take to win i think you know it's it's obviously going to take 22 plus but i, I want to hear what you're thinking yeah um i'm it's I, it's definitely going to be over seven meters like that's that's obvious i feel my bet is that it's going to go i don't know i think it's going to be like I bet the winning jump is going to be Brittany Reese at 714. That's my bet. Put it in stone. Okay. Brittany okay. Reese, 714. And then it's going to be uh, Tara Davis at 701. And then it's going to be Tyra Gittens at 699. That's what. That's my my bet for, for what's going to happen. Okay. Okay. I'll mm-hmm. take that. I'll take that. I think Reese will definitely win. I think it will be a little bit more conservative. I think it will be... Uh, centimeters uh, 10, but centimeters 12. I mean, we're, we're basically saying the same thing. So, mm-hmm. but it, it should be an exciting final. You know, track and field has been great so far. And man, I, I just I just can't wait for more. For sure. And so tomorrow is, or I guess today for those, li- for those listening to it now <laughs> is a big, is probably my, going to be my most favorite day for track and field. We got a lot of events going on a lot of big time things. So by the time that you guys are listening to this, uh, these events would have already happened. So on the men's side, the, the high jump final would have already happened. The 100 meter semis would have already happened. And then on the women's side, the 100 meter hurdles uh, semis would have already happened. So what, are you, what do you think is going to go on with the high jump? Will Javon Harrison be able to take, uh, take gold uh, in that event? Um, I definitely think he'll get a medal, but I am not remembering his name, but the athlete from Qatar who won Hashem. the world championships, Hashem, there you go, who won it in his home stadium in Doha yeah. in 2019. I think he's going to be a serious contender. And I think Javon can do something very special, but the way, you know, he jumps, it's, I think his bounce, it's, it's incredible. His lead up, everything he puts into getting over the bar, I, he's going to be very tough to beat. Yeah, the, it's int- the two different uh, competitors. Like, uh, Bershim has really great technique, 
And then Javon, like he has a, a different type of technique where his just vertical is crazy. He, his bat, he doesn't have the whole, like, you know, like the, the end or the upside down you that all the other athletes do, but he just gets up there. Um, and so it's going to be muscles his way through. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so that's going to be, uh, exciting. And then, so I want to go over some other events that we're going to have going on. So in the morning, so all of these events are going to be happening before 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, on the men's side, we have the 800-meter semis, 400-meter hurdle semis, where we're going to be having Warholm and Benjamin racing against each other in the semis. Uh, the 100-meter finals for the men. And then for the women, we'll have the triple jump finals for the women. Um, what, do you, what are some predictions that you might have? Uh, anything out of the ordinary for any of those events that we got going on? So... I'm going to say that Carson Wilhelm will win in the semis. I think he's been on amazing form. Of course, he has the world record. Rye Benjamin is right behind him at number two. But I think Rye is going to hold back just a little bit just to, or in fact, Rye might actually serve his dominance now that I'm thinking about it, to get in Carson's head because I'm not sure Carson has lost a race this year. So just to prove a point he in the semis in and three get years. his head yeah. in three years. Yeah. So to prove a point, and I know they were supposed to race in Monaco, but we didn't get the chance to see that. So I think Rye might assert his dominance and really get in Carson's head, but I don't, I don't see it happening. But if it did, I think that would prime us for a really good final because Carson tasting defeat right before the final, he would come out heated, ready to prove something to Rye. Yeah, I think this, this semi is going to be treated like a final, I feel. Like they're not, neither of them are going to be okay with losing to the other and just making it to the final. This is going to be one of the, I feel this can be one of the fastest semis we're going to see. Um, so it's going to be super exciting. Um, and then last one before we get into some of the evening events uh, and then and then head on out. I know this was 10 minutes in Tokyo. It's turning out to be the half hour in Tokyo, but we've got a <laughs> lot of good stuff going on. Uh, Amen. 100 meter final. Who do you got winning uh, the 100? So, I'm going to be a homer. I'm going to go with my guy, Trayvon Bermel. I'm going to say the winning time is 9.69. I think he'll be wow. U.S. number three all-time, right behind Tyson Gay at 9.68. Uh, for my silver medal, who do I want to give it to? Hmm, who's been on some great fun? I think I think I'm going to give it to, from South Africa, why is his name escaping me? I'm stalling for time here. Sean Maswangane? No, no, not not Sean. Oh, what, who is this countryman? Oh, the the, the track gods are going to smite me. Zimb yes, there we go. Akani Zimbine. He's going to be my silver medalist. I think he'll be nine seven for sure. I think I'll give him nine seven three. And then for my surprise, I'm not going to say Fred Curley at third. I'm going to go with his at is crazy long jumper. I'm, for, I'm forgetting everyone's name right now. I'm having this. <laughs> He's the Italian sprinter. I've wanted to make a video on him for so long because his technique is so great. But I guess we'll just have to wait until his name pops up because his name is escaping me right now. I'm having a horrible last two minutes. But he would be my pick for third just because the way he executes his race is so incredible. He, I think he's an even better executor of the 100 meters than Trayvon. But Trayvon has more speed reserve. But if he can get his turnover going, and get out of the race quickly. Marcel Jacobs. There we go. Marcel Finally. Jacobs. Thank you, okay. You decided to work for me. 
Marcel Jacobs from Italy. He used to be a long jumper, turned sprinter. I think he got third in the Diamond League in Monaco, right behind Ronnie Baker. Um, and I think Ronnie Baker will actually come fourth because I think Marcel Jacobs is going to show up and show out and get Italy a medal in the in the men's hundred meters. I'm going with the complete upset, the four, former four hundred meter runner Fred Curley taking gold. Okay, He's, he looked really good in the in the uh, the court in the, the quarterfinals. Yeah, I guess it was the quarterfinals in the qualification round. He looked real good. Um, especially even with all of those callbacks and everything like that. I think his experience in the 400 and the fact that he just doesn't get tired is what's going to push him over the edge. Uh, and I think it's, I don't think it's going to be quite as fast as, as you're, as you're going with my bet is the, the winning time is going to be around, around a nine, eight, I feel, but I'm going to go mm-hmm. with him in the, uh, winning gold. I'm saying Bramel is going to get second and then third, I have Sambine. So uh, I think that's going to be our, our top three. Uh, actually, you know what? No, wait, I, I'm taking this back. Instead of Sambine, oh. I'm going with Andre de Grasse. I, I can't oh, go. De Gra- oh, oh, hold on. Oh, I forgot about. Yeah, oh, forgot no. about de Grasse. Oh, no. Hold on. Wait a minute. We, we might have to make some changes. Marcel, <laughs> you might not be getting third, my guy. Because one thing about Andre de Grasse, he shows up in the finals when it counts. You might not hear from him the entire season. You might not hear from him in the prelim. He's going to find a way to get a medal. So, yeah. Anson, I'm sorry. Anson Henry, my guy. Canada, I got, <laughs> I got to give it to you. DeGrasse, DeGrasse is going to get a medal. Whether he gets first, second, or third, I have no idea. He's capable of all three. But I think, I think Trayvon will still edge him out because, like I said, DeGrasse, he'll find a way to get a medal. Not always a gold. He's not a lot of silvers and bronze, but I think, sorry, Marcel, you're going to have to go down the fourth. <laughs> yeah, it, he's, he finds a way to get it done when it matters the most. And then um, now we'll take a look at the evening, uh, wrap this thing up a little bit. Uh, for, the, on, for the evening races starting around 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, on the men's side, we have the hammer qualifier and then the, the long jump for the men. And then for the women, we have the 1,500-meter qualifier 200 meter qualifier and then the 100 meter hurdles uh any we'll, we'll just talk about the the finals that we have there long jump who do you think you got winning there and then the 100 meter hurdles for the women uh what what do you have winning those two events there uh so women's long jump correct oh no men's long jump sorry so men's, men's long, long jump. jump so harrison will be doing a double uh today okay. nothing that he's not you know not familiar with and then uh the 100 meter hurdles uh, ending it out uh, so for the men's long jump, I think Javon, because one, his levers are so long. I definitely think he's, he's just such an amazing athlete. I feel like he's going to walk away with two medals. Now, I don't think he has enough in the tank to get gold. He might prove me wrong because, like I said, he, he is amazing. Like, he was in contention for the environment for a reason. And I think, I think I'll give him a silver in long jump. I think someone would definitely edge him out just because of his inexperience. And this is his first real time being on the world stage, but I think he'll get second. And then for the women's hundred hurdles, I think I'm really looking forward to seeing Jasmine Camacho Quinn because she went 12-4 in the prelims. Crazy. Flying. Yeah. Just a, an unreal athlete out of Kentucky a few years ago. But do not count out Kenny Harrison. She is going to be coming for heads because she did not make the Olympic team 
in 2016. And she decided to set a world record a week later after the Olympic trials. So Kenny Harrison is here to cement her legacy. And so those are going to be the main two I'm looking forward to in the women's 100 meter hurdles. Yeah. Uh, for the for the women's 100 hurdles, I have Jasmine Camacho Quinn. Um, I, I had Kenny Harrison up until that semis where, um, or I guess up until the qualifier where yeah. um, Jasmine just drops a crazy time. Um, and she's just shown that she's super consistent, which I think is what you need to have in going through the rounds and at the Olympics. Um, on the long jump side, uh, I like same thing. I, I have Javon Harrison definitely meddling. I think I'll get second or third. Uh, to win it, I have the, the guy from Cuba. I'm going to butcher his yes. name terribly, mm-hmm. but Juan Miguel Echevarria. I think that's how it is. That's how you pronounce it. But I think he's going to be, he's going to take the, the win there. He's, he's got, he's also similar with Javon Harrison, got some just long legs, long, like he can, he, I think he's done like a win aided, like eight, eight eighty or something crazy. It would like, so he's, he's jumped yes, far I before. Um, I think he, I think he'll be the person that, that takes the win uh, and Harrison getting second there. I can definitely see that. I mean, he's been jumping great now for three or four years, so he'll, he'll definitely be stiff competition. For sure. Awesome. Well, I know we, we ran a little bit long than we, than we expected. But... Hey, when you're having a good time, man, you know, time, time just flies. Exactly. It, it's all, always great uh, connecting with you, uh, Matthew. And um, like you said, I, I know you mentioned it's great to, to get back, uh, back into things. Um, where, where could people kind of find your, um, you know, your stuff uh, if they want to, you know, follow up with what you've got going on? So if you want to connect with me, I'm mainly active on YouTube, even though I haven't been for the past 44 days, but that content is coming. Hit me up on YouTube at www. Oh, I can't speak English. <laughs> www.youtube.com slash MJPTV, or just look me up on YouTube or Google MJPTV. Or if you want to hit me up on Instagram at MJPDB0. Awesome. Love it. Hope you guys enjoyed. We have a lot of great track and field coming later on today. Um, If you enjoyed this episode, make sure that you leave a like, uh, subscribe, leave a review. Really helps us know that you're enjoying the content and everything going on. Um, Have a good one, everyone, and peace.